Welcome to Twinning Australia with your hosts, Matt and Nat. And welcome back to Twinning Australia. I guess in this episode, we're going to be talking about a bit of a range of things, probably before you're expecting or before you are even trying to have a baby. So there's a couple of crucial, I guess, main points that we wanted to have a bit of a chat about. So Natalie, I think probably the first place to start would be insurances, whether you're going to go private public, whether you're even your employer, do they pay maternity leave? So uh, Nat, do you want to start kick us off there? Yeah. And I think that even if you you, you're listening to this before having kids or thinking of falling pregnant. If you've already fallen pregnant, it's still okay to jump in and deep dive into these items because the earlier you know you're in your pregnancy, the more better prepared and planned you can be. So as you mentioned, maternity leave, that should be one of the first things that you check with your employer is do they provide any sort of parental leave? Some places do. My workplace provides 20 weeks, which is an amazing an amazing program to provide. However, I've also worked at companies that gave you nothing and it was only purely whatever the government gave you. So whether you're planning to have children or you already found out you're having twins, I think that's one of the first things that you need to go and find out because the earlier on you can find that out, the better you can plan. Because if you find out your workplace does not provide any sort of parental leave payments, you know you need to start saving straight from the get-go. Your budget may be a little bit stricter when it comes to splurging on, you know, designer label baby outfits or that, you know, $2,000 crib, $200 baby bunting special. So those are things that you really need to consider planning or if you've already fallen pregnant. Uh, The next part that I think is really important is to make sure that you're taking the right vitamins, uh, pregnancy-specific vitamins. So again, you're better off taking these sort of vitamins at least two to three months before you're planning to fall pregnant. Now, I know we don't all have crystal balls and can work that one out, but they're not harmful for you to start early as it's a vitamin. I think what your body doesn't use, it just pees out anyway. But there's men and female tablets that you can take. So not everyone knows that. Uh, I didn't at first until I did a little bit of research with our first son. Uh, So obviously the main one in Australia is Elevit, a pregnancy vitamin that contains folate, iodine and iron, which are the three main vitamins that you need to be taking constantly throughout your pregnancy. Uh, Obviously Elevit throw in a whole bunch of other things, A's and B's and C's vitamins, which are always good to have. But I found with my pregnancies, I got quite nauseous through, especially through the first trimester. I did find Elevit sort of made me a little bit more nauseous than normal. And when speaking to my doctor, she mentioned that that can be a side effect. So she just said, you can just go to the chemist and get a folate and iodine all in one vitamin. So you don't have to take Elevit, but it is important that you have folate and iodine throughout the whole pregnancy. So that's an option. Obviously speak to your doctor first. Don't just, I'm not a doctor, but there are options out there if you can't stomach certain things. But Matt, you also were taking pills from the beginning and and what did we call them? Well, I'll let you say it because you named it, not me. Matt was taking peony pills. And essentially those pills were basically just folic acid. So they're just designed. Just a couple of little things to, I guess, me being a, a PE teacher, it's something I'm very big on, is that we were looking at making sure that our body was as optimum as possible to make sure that we're in the best position we could be to, you know, try and conceive and, and have a healthy and happy pregnancy as well. And what were those tablets for? I can't remember because it was so long ago now, but it is something to do with the health of this. Like it helps with the health of the sperm, but it also can contribute to like the same as what 
Elevate does for for the babies, like for spina bifida and all that sort of stuff. I think the it lowers it. So yeah, taking those the the research suggests if you're taking some of those vitamins and tablets that uh, you're less likely to have uh, a fetus be impacted by some of these sort of genetic diseases and things like that. Yeah. So look again, they're vitamins. Unless you've got an allergy or something like that, obviously you know you need to check with your doctors and all that. But um, but yeah, there's there's no harm in, in giving them a go if, if your body is, is happy to tolerate them. And really the, the first trimester is such an important time for the fetus growing. So anything that you can put into your body that will help support their growth in a healthy manner, definitely try it out. But as I said, if you weren't planning the pregnancy and you weren't taking these vitamins months prior to falling pregnant, you know, just start straight away as soon as got the word and obviously speak to your doctor in case you've got any sort of allergies and so forth. I guess the next big thing that you really want to start thinking about if you haven't already conceived or you're starting to think about conceiving is looking at whether you're going to envisage yourself going down the private or the public sector for healthcare. So uh, there's a couple of little tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way and a lot of people don't really know these. So uh, if you do have private health insurance, pregnancy and maternity are not covered under your general insurance, I guess, umbrella. So it is an actual add-on. And a lot of the insurance companies have a minimum time that you must have had that cover before giving birth. So I know our insurance company was 12 months. That means that we had to be paying that pregnancy extra for 12 months before the baby arrived. Otherwise, they wouldn't cover us. Uh, I know there was another one that was nine months, but obviously we weren't with them. And if you switch, you can't claim straight away either. So for us, having private health insurance already, we added on the pregnancy cover, which I'm very glad we did because that came with a few other added benefits, such as being able to pick our own obstetrician and pick a private hospital that we were going to go to and the like. So Natalie, do you have anything to add in regards to that? If you are in the position that you're planning a pregnancy and you're financially happy to to pay for those costs, obviously the public system is, is a great system because it allows people to have babies uh, at a minimal cost versus obviously through the private sector. I think I think we're out of, for our first son, what, I did the math and we were out of pocket all up about three and a half, four thousand dollars Yeah, I think it was around four. Four thousand dollars So that's after... Uh, health insurance have, have covered things and the $500 hospital stay fee, etc., is covered. So it is still pricey to go through private. Don't think that just because you're paying for your private fees that everything's covered. Obstetrician fees aren't covered. That's covered through Medicare. So they, they really mostly cover some private scans, some medications. It, it depends on what package and what private health cover that you go through, but... Just be mindful. There's still quite a hefty bill at the end. Um, children aren't free, and I think you still pay. You still pay through the public system if you get. And I never can say this word. An anesthesi- anesthesiologist. That one. Uh, so if you end up getting an epidural or a C-section, you still have to pay a, I think a five hundred dollar or thousand dollar out of pocket fee through the public system as well. So just be mindful. Like there are going to be costs at the end, regardless which path you take. But it just depends on the level of comfort that you would like to choose to go with. Obviously, we chose private. That was our preference. Uh, I have a lot of friends that went through the public system and that worked out great for them. Uh, A lot of mothers that I know didn't want to have the lengthy stay in hospital. So the public system worked out really well for them because you're only in there for a night or two and then you get to go home. And as, as I think I've previously mentioned through private, they like to keep you in a bit longer just for observations and so forth. There's classes that they put on 
Uh, you get a, a breastfeeding nurse, etc. So they do keep you in for longer, which some women don't like. Some women just want to get home, which I can completely understand as well. But definitely speak to your private health insurance company. Uh, even if you have been paying that extra fee and you fall pregnant, one of the first things you should do is A, pick your hospital that you want to go through and then call your private health straight away because some hospitals are not covered through some private health practices. So they'll have a list of partner, partnered hospitals, I suppose you can call it, uh, and your hospital may not be on their list. So you want to find that out from the beginning because if you assume and never assume and you get to the end, it is a very hefty bill. And on that, with our first son, we ended up getting the invoice from the private hospital for the, the cover of the five-day, the five-night stay, and the total amount came to $10,000. Now, we didn't pay for that out of pocket ourselves. Our private insurance covers that bill, but we pay the $500 hospital fee. So our private health cover took care of the $9,500 difference. So that is a hefty bill. So you certainly don't want to be shocked with that one. Straight after you've had your baby, you come home, you want to try and rejoice and adapt to life and then getting slapped with a bill like that just wouldn't be too lovely at all. So just to clarify, we only paid a $500 premium as opposed to paying the $10,000 that we would have if we weren't covered by our private health insurance. Yeah. Now, uh, the next step to this process is then obviously twin pregnancy. You need to call your private health insurance company and also check that they cover twin pregnancies and check that they cover special care nursery time as well. Most twins that women have come early, uh, they're classified as preterm, so they may need a night or a couple of weeks in a special care nursery. Some private health covers won't cover that. So again, you need to call and tell them you're having a multiple pregnancy. Uh, you're expected to be delivering early. Do you cover all these things and just make sure that it's covered in that? Because again, uh, a special care nursery per night would be quite an expensive bill as well, times two humans, not just one. I guess finally, the last thing I'd sort of suggest when planning to start trying or you know possibly even once you've conceived I guess is from a financial perspective at Natalie alluded to kids are not cheap and they're not free and there's so many elements to be thinking about whether it be furniture for the nursery whether it be all the different technology on the marketplace to monitor babies whether it be a camera or just be sensors underneath for them breathing so there's a lot to start to think about and Throughout this journey, we will do some deep dives into equipment and what we chose and why because we're very big on researching and finding out what what was the best for our situation. It might not be the best for your situation, but I'd really encourage you to start to think long-term and think about what you're going to have, what you're going to need. And just reflecting on our first child, our, we lived in a double-story house and he had colic and reflux and didn't sleep properly. So we essentially had a bassinet upstairs and a bassinet downstairs to make sure that we didn't have to transport him if he was close to falling asleep or the, the just little tips and tricks like that just to make life easier because we were running on very little sleep with our first son. We're hoping our twins are not going to be like that. but uh, Fingers we'll, crossed. Yeah, we'll wait and see. So 
there's so many things to start pre-planning and thinking about what the baby room is going to be set up like, what's the equipment that are the must-haves and what's the equipment that are the nice-to-haves and making sure you have that list, you're looking at your budget and you're not going overboard too because there are a lot of hidden costs that pop up along the way and the next episode we're going to be talking about, we're going to, we're going to dive into that first trimester and some of the costs that will pop up that you're not planning for, especially if you've had a singleton and you're going into twins. So I think we'll leave that one there and thanks for joining us and we'll talk uh, talk to you in the next episode see you next time bye if you have any questions for us here at twinning australia podcast please feel free to send us an email our email address is twinning australia podcast at gmail.com otherwise you can get in touch with us via our social media accounts facebook at twinning australia podcast and instagram twinning australia all one word thanks for listening and we hope to hear from you soon